Eddie, it's not a funny joke when it's at the expense of your poor old broken-down grandfather. Thank you, Bernie. Eddie, you're getting off very easy. Why, back in the old country, if I had done something like this, my father would have bit my head off. Gee, I'm sorry. Boom. Boom shakalaka. We did it. Shaquille's in the house. Who's in the house? (laughs) Shaquille. Shaquille. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Of the O'Neill variety? The only one. (laughs) The only one. I'm sure there are other Shaquilles, but now there's only one. There can be only one. There's only one Kazam, and I am he. (laughs) I believe that's on Disney+. Plus. If I'm oh, we can't talk my, about this again. What? <laughs> what aren't we going to talk about again? What did we talk oh, about just before? Dis- just Disney Plus. Oh, you got something against Disney Plus? I got nothing. Oh, just, except just, everything. Just raging hate for Disney Plus. <laughs> it's fine. It's it's fine. It's not that great. My parents robbed me of a Disney childhood, so now I get yes. to <laughs> rage against it. <laughs> that's that's fitting. Pass it on to my children. Ray, raise against hey the kids. What you get from your dad? Oh, just a hatred for Disney. <laughs> for you got to pass Bambi. You got to pass something down. You know <laughs> what better thing to pass than that? <laughs> than a hate of Disney. I was. <laughs> well, I'm I was sure su- those people are out there. Oh yeah, for sure. I was super pumped about Disney Plus, and now that I've had it for a little bit, I'm like, eh, it's fine. There's not really a whole lot on there for me. It's great for the kids, but not a ton on there for me. Um, especially now that watch pirates of the Caribbean every weekend. Well, that's the thing, right? Now that I'm through like all the Marvel movies, I'm like, all right, I'm not in a huge rush to watch them again. I'm not a star Wars fan. The pirates movies. Sure. I've seen a few of them, but whatever. It's all good. But you know what? Do you know what? That's where you say what? Uh, let's keep talking about Disney plus. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, we're not here to talk about Disney+. Yeah, Plus. let's move on, man. We got some sweet news. We As got news? We're back. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, fe- it's felt like we, a long break. and Yeah, sure, but I, we haven't really gone anywhere. We're actually on our regular schedule. We had just I, planned to alter the schedule, uh, and then that just got put off. But uh, first, real quick, welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David, and your name, sir... I am Aaron. Yes, you are. A- Aaron. I was going to say welcome to the show, but it, it's just as much your show as it is my show. So <laughs> let's welcome each other. Ready? Welcome to the show. Welcome, my brother. Thank you. I was, was going to say, I wonder if uh, when I said we're back, I was going to say, I wonder if people miss us as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the answer to that is probably no. <laughs> oh, come on. Vince, French, you know who you are. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but I did... Uh, I kind of teased something briefly there. Um, we're, we're ramping production back up. Uh, we had kind of not not taken a step back because we were still releasing weekly. And the last couple of weeks, we've also had multiple releases within a week. But what we are going to do is kind of get back to more of these episodes regularly. Um, and then the interviews kind of instead of going back and forth between a regular episode and an interview, the interviews will be spliced in here and there. Uh, the behind the scenes stuff that no one really cares about, but in case you do, um, is we were recording once every two weeks and releasing those episodes and then the interviews on the off weeks, um, because Aaron's been digging and working hard for interviews and we've still got some upcoming interviews that, uh, you've got in the, in the can that will be released. That's such a terrible term in the can. I, I, I I don't like it. I'm going to choose to think of of that, I guess. Well, I was I just can't saying, really I'm gonna... think of any cans that I keep. St- Actually, that's not true. My I keep my <laughs> wife's old coffee cans yeah. to put the ashes from my meat smoker in it. Oh, so, there... <laughs> there no, did you ever see? I want to <laughs> say it was the movie Little Miss Sunshine. Maybe have you ever seen that movie? No, I, I can't guarantee that this is from that movie, but it's the one that pops into mind. But if I recall, they're like on a road trip, and I don't know if the basis of the road trip is to like spread a relative's ashes. 
but they couldn't afford an urn or something or whatever the case, the, the ashes are in a coffee can. And at some point on the road trip, there's someone who's unknowing of what's in the coffee can makes coffee or thinks they're right, making coffee classic. with the ashes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't guarantee that that's little miss sunshine or not, but that's what pops into my brain as to which movie that's from. But, um, yeah. So wakes you up in the morning, like a hot cup of human, <laughs> like a hot cup, <laughs> like a hot cup of dead person. Um, <laughs> no, but we're going to get back into, um, releasing these episodes where we discuss bands more regularly. Uh, and that kind of came out of kind of planning what we're doing going forward. And I was like, man, that's literally going to be like six months worth of stuff. And it yeah. took us two minutes to plan it i feel like we can do more than that so <laughs> we'll we'll at the end of this episode we'll announce kind of where where we're going from here as far as what's coming up but uh yeah, cool. yeah we'll continue we'll continue the uh the reviews which um or at least as much as i can they're fun to do you'll continue doing the interviews the views the the views will continue that doesn't make sense we should call our show the views the, i i feel like that's a show <laughs> Well, I mean, the singular, the view, is definitely a show. It's in my top ten. Oh boy, <laughs> I, I just about—you uh, said that as I was taking a drink of water. We almost ended up with a spit take that no one would see because <laughs> this is a podcast and not a visual uh, f- art form, as it oh, were. But I, I would have seen it, and it would have been a blessing. You would have seen it, and you would have loved it. You would have loved it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so so that's what we're going to be doing. Um, this introduction is all over the place because now I'm going to do the social media stuff. Uh, so go follow us on our social media. Twitter is at growing punk pod, Instagram at growing up punk. One of these days I will just give those the same name, but every time I say this, it's too late and I've given out the old name and I feel like it's going to screw everybody up. Uh, you can follow myself on Instagram and Twitter and Twitter at grow at David growing up. I forgot my own handles and yourself. You're on Instagram. Aaron grew up punk. Thanks for the ads. Keep them coming. There it is. So today on this episode, I don't know which episode number it is because I stopped keeping track of those. Oh, you don't have it written on the wall there anymore? No, I, uh, the last episode that I've written on the wall, you can't see, I'm pointing at it, uh, is Pennywise. So I missed, I guess I still, I need to add good riddance. Was that the only, I think that's yeah. the only one that's been since then. Um, but yeah, as far as like the actual counting, I, I can't I can't keep track anymore. Uh, oh, but okay. this episode, it's it's a little bit different from what we had just <laughs> moved into the 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 format that we had just put in place. We've already thrown it out the window. We will get back to that format eventually. But this episode, we're talking about no use for a name, and we're talking about the swellers. Uh, this was by your suggestion. But first, we're going to talk about no use for a name. What was the album? More betterness. should have known the album title because i did listen to it i promise <laughs> what was the album again oh it's just this particular album it's no the big one deal. with the best english title more betterness more betterness <laughs> they have an exclamation mark at the end they're they're actually very com- more betterness they're very oh, confident okay it's, so it's an, it's an angry voice okay so i'm 
yeah. Actually, how about you share your thoughts? These were both you. Both of these albums were your suggestion. Um, so how about you share your thoughts first and how you got into the album, how you first heard it, all that stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, this this album is kind of lumped in with those, you know, the rest of the kind of Fat Records bands that kind of um, found out about them, um, you know, kind of a similar time when Fat Records comps were a big thing and, you know, before there was internet and all that stuff. And so kind of slowly finding bands. I'm not sure if this would have been the first album that I got into of theirs, but it was probably pretty close. And I actually had a friend's band that covered them, which might have been the first time I saw a band cover a punk band. And I just thought, I mean, the band was really good, and then they played this, and I was like, so maybe that was it, and they, I probably learned from it from them, so thanks, Andrew Headland, for that. Um, and they played this cover, so it probably led to asking who it was, and then hearing that album, they were a band from Winnipeg, so they had access to, to more music. Maybe they had the internet in Winnipeg before Dauphin, I don't know. <laughs> probably true <laughs> yeah but yeah just the album you know caught my attention as many bands did back then just fast melodic catchy and uh yeah just kind of stayed hooked on them kind of ever since and they've they've had lots of good albums um since then but as many might know the the lead singer tony sly passed away a number of years ago and so uh, that brought an end to the band sooner than um than most or all would have liked um, but yeah, just a great band to, to kind of add to the catalog of that uh, classic 90s skate punk sound and uh, one of those bands that I can go back to over and over and kind of just keep it going. Yeah, so for me, like I, I'm sure I would have heard that maybe it was one of the Fat Wreck comps or, you know, like a mixed CD somewhere. But they, having said that, they were never a band that... I would have really known any songs by like, maybe I could have guessed, Oh, that's no use for a name just by throwing a name out there. Um, but yeah, the, like this was the first kind of real, any sort of like deep dive. And it's not even that deep of a dive considering, you know, we, we just went into one album. So um, why this album, what made you pick more betterness? Well, and I kind of thought about that after I picked it because then I saw their other albums and realized how much I like those as well. But I think as with lots, it was the first, you know, it was the first one that I heard. So it was the first one that stuck with me. Or I think it was the first one I heard. Um, and maybe even just having my friend's band cover it, you know, just random little things like that that maybe don't really mean much. But when you're, you know, 13, 14 and kind of experiencing this stuff for the first time, it kind of just stands out. And it's kind of the classic one that I've seen lots of other bands post about uh, being a really influential album. And so, yeah, like as I listened to it, I kind of almost second guess myself a little bit because I know they have other albums that are, are probably better musically. Um, but this is just one that, that I've, you know, I've had for a long time. I've listened to many times over and, and so just kind of went with it. Yeah. So I don't know. Did, did you, did you have any specific thoughts about the album that you wanted to share before I kind of get into mine like because so, i want to share a few thoughts and then we'll kind of talk maybe about a few specific songs but um so basically this was the first no use for a name album but is but it's not necessarily your favorite sorry first no use for a name album that you heard but not necessarily your favorite yeah well and i think i thought it was my favorite but then when i listened <laughs> to it and then i listened to a few of the other ones I was like oh man these ones are really good so maybe it just kind of slipped my mind or you know, when I came up to talk about this band, that was the first one that popped into my mind. Maybe it's just a, a more iconic album. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, they're all awesome, but just the, the one that stood out, I guess. So for me, I will say this. Uh, Tony Sly was definitely um, a lyricist of our, uh, a punk rock lyricist, not even just a punk rock lyricist, just a lyricist that kind of of our generation, I think really, stood out and stands out just the way he could tell a story through a song. Um, yeah, but, but I will say this about this record. I hated it. <laughs> like it was, I would be listening to it and I'd be like, it is so boring. And I realize I'm probably going to piss off a lot of no use for a name fans because Tony Sly is kind of revered and whatnot. And they were an influential part of the scene, but just listening to it, I'm just like, there's 
literally maybe and maybe it's just this album for me but i'm like there's nothing going on outside of his lyricism that is drawing me into this record like the riffs weren't great the production's not good uh i mean the production's fine and maybe they just chose odd guitar tones i just find they're so just like bland everything about this record i was just like (laughs) and when And, and i and i thought of that as i was listening i was like you know what so kind of going back to maybe it was in my mind, you know, a better album than I remembered. I mean, I've, I've listened to it fairly regularly, but yeah, I thought the same. As I was listening, I was like, okay, this is, you know, there's not really any lead guitar parts. It's fairly basic, um, you know, not as exciting as maybe some of the other bands of that era. Um, but yeah, the lyrics definitely Tony was known for. And I think it was just like I've seen lots of, you know, things about the melodies. You know, maybe it wasn't like the greatest song structures or most exciting, but um, yeah, it just had really good melodies. And But I, I, yeah, I definitely thought of you and also kind of reminded myself, okay, this, yeah, this isn't (laughs) as exciting as I thought. And, but I I would encourage you to go and listen to some of their later uh, releases after that. Like they're similar, but I would say they, they do get better. I would say this about, you know, my, my judgment about the band based off of this album alone is I would give them credit, not just with Tony's lyricism, but also like, I don't, I don't know if he flat out wrote the song start to finish, right? Like the chord structure and everything. And then everything just kind of got everyone put their parts in when they came together or not. But the chord structures in the songs, I will say, I would give them credit in this regard is that they, got away from that three or four chord punk rock that, you know, like that's what punk's basically been known for. Right. right. I can, there's a number of songs on this record where I like, I feel like they went through the entire scale just to play every chord that would be in, you know, say if they're playing in the key of E, they've somehow included a variation of every chord in the key of E. Like it feels like right. sometimes they're just like walking up. They're like, all right, we're going to start at, you know, E or whatever, and we're going to walk our way up kind of back and forth through the chord structure uh, or through the through the key. And with that, like their song structures, they don't necessarily have choruses uh, on some of the songs, which maybe is kind of what the detriment, you know, what, what holds it back for me a little bit is I, I can't think of any song on this record that has like just a chorus with a hook where you're like, okay, I can get behind this. Yeah. There's always like slight changes that happen in the songs that maybe are signifying their choruses if they have them. But even then lyrically, they typically tend to change it up, you know, from even if they're repeating a phrase or an idea in one chorus to the next, a lot of times that lyrical content didn't stay the same from one right. course to the next. So, I mean, they're definitely in that regard. I think they're sophist- they were sophisticated songwriters. Tony Sly was a sophisticated songwriter. It's just the overall presentation on this record. I was yeah. just like, eh, and you know, I don't know what you do to change it. Like if there's, if you kind of get away from that a little bit and just write some more basic choruses that can actually bring a song together. I don't know, but all in all, it was, it, it actually was work for me to listen to this album. I found yeah, I, and I felt bad about that. Like, <laughs> no, you especially can't. when you compare it to other bands from that era. I know it doesn't have you know like the grit of Good Riddance or right. you know the guitar solos and technicality of bands like Strung Out. It definitely is a lot more simpler version of that. Right. Which maybe I guess in its own sense is, is something special, but maybe not. But like I said, like whether you're calling it you know a more simple version because they don't have like those those standout lead parts or um, even like that grit or rawness of you know these other bands some of their contemporaries I actually think the songs are are less simple in a lot of cases simply because of just the sheer number of chords and the more you know the the less um, the less kind of like standard melodies maybe I don't know if that's the yeah. right the right word but um, but I mean, the standout on this record for sure is Tony Sly's songwriting. And there were, there were a few kind of instances where I was like, oh, that's kind of cool because he sort of on this record, there's a few times where he kind of dives into like parent child relationships, mm-hmm. um, but like from different viewpoints. Like I know, you know, there's a song on here where, you know, it seems like it's about, you know, uh, I've 
I think it's a, I'm trying to remember if it's about a boy and his dad has left or like, there's just different, you know, sort of like relation, like parental relationship things going on. There's a song written from the perspective of a child who's feeling unloved. at home or if this child was actually if it was more pinpointed and saying like you know like he grew up in the foster system sort of thing and just never felt like he had a family type thing and how that affected him growing up and how kids viewed him mm. um, there is definitely kind of a number of different things that I think are pretty great about this record like oh so why doesn't anybody like me that's the song where it's written from a child's perspective and he's asking that question why, he doesn't understand why nobody likes him um, and then he kind of paints a picture of what life looks like at home um, but uh, yeah, so I, I thought it's, I find it kind of intriguing that he kind of wrote some songs from different viewpoints about very similar, um, very similar circumstances and stories. I almost would have preferred if like that was just the album, like, mm. you know, like taking looks, taking a look at things like that. Um, but uh, there is one song on this album that I skipped every time it came on. <laughs> after the very Which first time I, 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 wonder, I wonder if you can guess after the very first time I listened to it I decided I'm not going to listen to it again in fact uh, my daughter was in the car with me I was driving her uh, to school and this song came on and when it was over she said don't ever play that song ever again <laughs> <laughs> and I said wow. I agree can you guess what song it is oh, well, I don't have the song titles in front of me um, it's going to make it difficult is it something later on in the album? Um, yes. Let's see. I feel if like I could... later in the album there was a few songs that I was like, oh, I don't really remember this song, and I don't really love it. Specifically, it's track seven, so it's actually right in the middle of the album. Okay, I, I can't remember what that one's called. I'll, I'll give them credit here. It's not their song; it's a cover song, but it's "Fairy Tale of New York." Oh, is that that like uh, like Christmas one? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I didn't realize that was a cover song. I've yeah, actually re- always kind of liked that one just because every uh, time I listen to it, I'm like, this is such a weird song. It's Yeah, so it's originally <laughs> by the Pogues. And maybe like if I'm listening uh, okay. to it at the right time of year, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little more open to it. But when we started listening to this album, we were just coming off of Christmas. And I was like, I'm done with Christmas music. So any like mention <laughs> of Christmas, I'm like, uh, I also find it weird when bands mention Christmas on like a non-Christmas album. Yeah. So like this song or even like a song I do like and an album I love, uh, Jimmy world on their album clarity. They have a song called 122395 in which he says, Merry Christmas in it. Right. Like I I picture, I picture that song a little differently though, in like kind of a story setting sort of thing. But, um, I mean this song, it is neat. Like it, in the sense that it tells a very, clear story from start to finish but it's just terrible in like i can't and again i'm probably offending people who are like no that's an all-time classic i'm like i'm sorry but it's just not it's not good <laughs> i do remember that one standing out when i was when i was a teenager listening to this because there is something about it where it's like this sounds a little bit different than the rest of the songs the lyrics are kind of goofy yeah it's like i wonder what this is about but i mean i had no context to to know what it was so I'll just yeah. went with it yeah and another song this song actually the song that stood out to me the most on this album um, is Let It Slide which is the acoustic song 
Oh ja. I spend a day and night. Then finally realize there's really nothing going on. So why should I try to shake loose when there's no one in my dream? That I should care about Let it fall, let it rise Let it be and let it slide Let tomorrow come and take my time away I see the world get by And watch my face There's nothing else to do But waste away my time Let it fall Let it rise Let it be and let it slide Let tomorrow come and take my time away Let it fall Let it rise My note that I wrote down was that it like really showcases um, Tony Sly's like writing abilities. Just the mm. fact that it's so stripped down, and I, I think I would listen to an entire album of that. And if I recall, I'm, I think he had some solo stuff that he yeah, did. I, so. I don't know if it came across like that because like this song also at the same point reminds me a lot of the Beatles in the chord structure that he's got going on in that song, and and you know like some of the some of the chords that he pulls out, but, um, yeah, like that, that I really, when that song comes on, I kind of go, ah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, maybe a more diverse album than, than I remember between, you know, the songs that I loved, the ones that weren't so great, like that cover and that acoustic <laughs> one. So I guess, I mean, yeah, it has maybe a bit more variety than some of the records from that time, but, so I guess maybe that plays to its strengths or right. weaknesses, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, like it's it's interesting because I think I would I would be interested and in maybe sometime down the road we can revisit No Use for a Name again. Um but yeah, just like for being my kind of like first dive into the band, I was just sort of like, oh. So we we were originally supposed to record this episode a week ago and you went and got yourself sick. So, I mean, way to go on that end, I guess. It but. was a blast. So <laughs> worth it. But uh, I, I was a little bit like disappointed in the fact that I was like, ah, oh, I got to listen to this album a little more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there. don't get me wrong. I'm making it sound like it's a just a hot mess, and it's not. It's just there's, there's nothing really. I think I want to say on an episode, a recent episode, we talked about background music. And like how some bands yeah. kind of become background music, and this um, this album quickly became like background music, and not in a good way. Like, oh, I just always want it playing, and in the yeah. you know, I just always want to hear it and have it within reach. It was more so just that as soon as it would go on, my mind would be elsewhere. I'd be like, all right, moving on, sort of deal. But yeah, I guess it goes to show that some albums, or I mean many albums from that era, if you didn't kind of grow up with it then and you don't have that appreciation yeah. of you know, ha having it in your discography for 20 years and you're just getting into it now. I mean, there's lots of albums that that would be the same for me. I'd just be like, I don't understand. Oh, for sure. For but, sure. I mean, it's a different context when you've heard, you know, a thousand albums in the last 20 mm -hmm. years versus when you'd only heard, you know, a hundred or yeah. 20 or whatever. So yeah. And, and and maybe it's a thing where I I mean I can't make this statement with 100% confidence by any means but but maybe it's a thing where you know we've had 
variations, you know, maybe even countless variations of Tony Sly as a lyrical songwriter in the punk scene since then, right? Yeah, like, that's right. I, I will not take away from him the fact that he was an incredibly influential writer. Yeah. And so maybe that's more what it is. Is like now it's just like, okay, yeah, like he's writing these great songs, like these lyrics and these stories he's telling. But, you know, like musically, it's just not doing it for me. Whereas now you could probably go out there and you could look and you could have, you know, at within within grasp, like so many bands that are, you know, as good lyrically, maybe not as special now because there's so many of them, but then musically are doing things that are more interesting, right? So um, yeah. that's just kind of the way it goes sometimes. And that's all I could think of when I was listening to the record is like, I feel like this is a, you, you kind of had to be there. Like you, you had to experience it in that time versus going and trying to re-experience it or experience it for the first time, Yeah, you know, well, 20 years down the road. And that's a good segue here into, uh, so I had a text to you yesterday saying I had a, a surprise oh, yeah. for today. Right. So I actually um, reached out to, to the Swellers because I knew that that this album in particular um, was special for them. So I just asked if they um, would send me a few kind of notes on, on why this album stood out to them. So... I'll, uh, yeah, I'll share uh, those here yeah, now. Yeah. So uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Diener, who was the drummer of the Swellers, he says, More bitterness just hit me at the perfect time in my life. I was growing up confused about the world and looking for something emotionally deeper than angry or snotty punk music. The melodic element of Tony Sly's songwriting was so advanced compared to the other stuff I was listening to, and it always had this sad, melancholy feeling, even though it was essentially over pop song structures. The songs were fast, but not trying to prove anything other than enhancing the feelings that were being conveyed through the lyrics. My brother and I would listen to the album over and over again at pinnacle times in our lives, my favorite being driving downtown Flint for the first time without parental supervision in his old Cadillac. I still feel the same way of sense of youthful confusion when I listen. So that was... Uh, um, oh yeah, then it goes to say... So the next album after that was Hard Rock Bottom was what made um, them shift gears from a confused combination of Screeching Weasel-style pop-punk and drive-through records pop-punk and finally finding a through line through everything we loved. We started writing more serious songs with depth, and the melody helped carry that. I got to play lightning fast because I was finally good enough to do so. We went to go see New Fan open up for Sum 41, who we didn't care for, and after their set, we talked to the drummer Rory, and it changed my life. He was so nice and cool, and at the time I didn't realize they weren't rock gods. They were just a band trying to stay afloat. They've always meant a lot to me. Tony's passing really hit us hard, and when we toured with Strung Out, we did a new fan cover with them every night. It was surreal and wonderful. So it is cool kind of just hearing someone else's <clears throat> you know, perspective of, of being you know, a growing up angsty punk at that time yeah. and seeing how a record like this affected someone at that time versus yeah. you know like you said it now so well and he yeah and he pointed out like all of the things that i think i appreciate about this record in the fact that like tony's lyrical ability and kind of the advanced uh song structure melody sort of stuff that was beyond sort of what other bands were doing um i just think yeah i i missed the boat on it being like being able to attach to it he talks about like in his just like a youthful confusion sort of thing, trying to figure things right. out, right? And sort of the melancholy vibe that feel like that is sort of is is attached to that album. And I yeah, I think for sure I can I can appreciate all of those things. And you know, it, it could very well be a record that grows over time. In preparation for this, I would say that probably one of the things that was weighing weighing on me was the fact that the other record that we're going to talk about just felt so much more open, right? Mm. Like it just felt like I was like, Oh, I can breathe a little bit. So I don't yeah. know if we, I don't know if we want to use that as a straight transition. Um, yeah. but I mean, you, you read that little email off because we're not just talking about no use for a name. We're also talking about the swellers and their album. Good for me. I'm 
So this record, I want to know, um, because again, this was sort of, both of these albums were uh, picks of yours. Uh, and you, you picked this album specifically because they had mentioned that No Use for a Name was an inspiration to them. But I want to hear, or an influence on them or whatever, I want to hear how you first discovered the Swellers and what got you into them. That is uh, also a good question. And I think you know, moving into kind of the next era of punk music, for me anyways, it comes with you know a different type of recognition of the band because you know obviously the internet was a thing. Um, you were discovering so many more bands. So I can't even really say exactly when, when I heard of the Swellers um, because there was just so many bands I was hearing of. It wasn't as, you know, as special as that era in the 90s where when you heard a band, it like really stuck with you and you could remember it. Um, so maybe that, that's kind of a lame uh, introduction to that. But um, like they had at least one album out before this maybe a couple yeah i think this um, is actually their third album if i read correctly okay yeah like so I, I had definitely listened to them but this album in particularly really stood out like just the quality of the production um, i think they did this one at the blasting room which always makes fantastic records um i mean the, the title track is one of my favorite um whatever new era of, of pop punk um, right. that song is just so good and, uh, and I just, I love the, the songwriting on this. You know, it, it takes what No Use for a Name did, but really elevates it. Um, it gives, there's, the songs are more dynamic and kind of, you know, maybe a bit more moody at some times than, mm-hmm. than other kind of pop punk would be. But yeah. I just, every time I put it on, I find myself enjoying this album so much that I, I'm just excited about going back to it. So I would say that in itself makes, makes an album you know, this album stand out that when I listen to it, I'm already excited about the next time I'm going to hear it. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. I think I, because I had heard this album. Um, and I, I think I probably found it in a similar way. I'm sure I was on like Bandcamp or potentially noise trade. Um, do you remember noise trade? I don't know if it's still around. Yeah. 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 And I was just like cruising through like the pop punk or punk like genre tags or whatever and just literally clicking on everything and listening to it and then taking note of things that sounded good. And this was for sure a record that stood out to me. Um, But at the same point, going into this listen that we were doing, like I wasn't, it's not like I was overly familiar with it. Like much in the way where you say, you know, kind of you take in so much stuff you listen to so much stuff that stuff is bound to get lost, right? And this was just one of those records and one of those bands that, for me, kind of got lost. And, um, you know, I can't pinpoint what it got replaced by, by any means. But uh, it was also at a time where I wasn't super into, like, I mean, I, I've been into punk and pop punk and stuff since, you know, like middle school type thing. But there was definitely a phase, a period where I was like not listening to it nearly as much. So yeah. I've, you know, I've come back around to where now it's like, again, the main sort of genre that I'm listening to. Part of that is because of the podcast, but also at the same point, the podcast is partially because I'm back listening to this stuff more regularly. Right. And so it came out in, you know, a time when I wasn't really listening to a ton of it. And so I don't know when I heard it, how old it would have been. Because if I look, this came out in 2011. So, I mean it had been out for probably a few years by the time I actually heard it, but right. uh, yeah. it does. That it could have been for me too. Yeah. And so uh, it's, it's, it is interesting because it reminds me of a band that I'm trying to, that I discovered in a similar way and it's driving me crazy. Oh, that's dumb. Why would it do that? I'm trying to find out what this band was called. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I think the album was called say hello. And immediately someone's probably like, oh, it's that bad. And so I was like, oh, I'll go to albums. Oh, actually, hold on. Sort. Title. That's what's wrong with it. Stupid thing. It was sorting by artist. I don't even know if I have it anymore on here. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, there it is. Born Without Bones. Someone's throwing stones at my window. I know that face, but I can't recall them. As I come down my Sometimes I feel that I feel nothing at all. At all. 
I definitely, I definitely discovered Born Without Bones <laughs> on, uh, on again, it was either Bandcamp or, um, or uh, what's it called? Noise Trade. Noise Trade. One of those, one of those internet sites where I was able to get it for free, right? Um, but yeah, let's let's get into into this record a little bit because I kind of, I kind of um, teased a little bit by saying like, the one thing that weighed against no use for a name for me in this particular case is that I was enjoying this album so much more. Yeah. Uh, you could definitely hear like the inspiration, but I think you kind of said it when you were discussing first getting into the band and whatever, how, you know, like they had more dynamic and a little more variety in their sound. And that definitely initially I was kind of listening to this going like, uh, it's kind of a little bit boring too. And actually the bonus here is that, the extra week after like with you being sick is when I actually really started fully appreciating this record. So oh, cool. <laughs> we'll say you got sick for a reason is so that yeah. I could, I could give, you know, a more detailed look at this album. But I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I don't know about you, but as soon as the song, the best I ever had comes on, it was a young and angry summer. A song that changed my mind. I heard it all. weird in the sense that because the best i ever had is track five four four five track track five um okay. so the, the interesting thing about this record is i find the first four tracks are fine they're like none of them really stand out a ton to mm. me uh but then as soon as track five hits it's like basically from there to the end of the record i'm like oh my goodness so it's strange to me that they've all, a lot of bands will put like all those best songs up front, right? And as you get to the back of the album, it kind of dies off a little bit. But this one I almost find is like in a reverse way. Um, and it's it's so good. But but the best I ever had, as soon as he was singing in like the second verse or whatever, he's like listing years and talking about stuff. I was like, okay, yeah, we got to figure this out. So do you know what he's referring to in this song? Uh, not specifically, no. So in that second verse, I want to get, um, I want to bring the lyrics up. I suppose, I guess if I go like this, it should be, are you on Apple Music? Yeah, okay. I mean, I don't necessarily know what he's referring to right off the beginning when he says it was a young and angry summer, a song that changed my mind. I don't know what song he's, he's speaking of specifically there, but as it gets into, okay. Uh, the second verse, he says, I remember April 94, September 96, oh, yeah, right. and every day of 99. Uh, whether I waited for those records or helped Seattle cry, it was the best I ever had. So April 94 is when Kurt Cobain passed away. So that's uh, okay. April 94 and helped Seattle cry are specifically about that. And I was like, okay, I got that immediately. And then I was like, what is September 96? So I did some digging. September 96 is when Weezer's Pinkerton was released. Um, okay, which is very fitting because the last song on this album, yeah, sounds like it's straight off of Pinkerton. So I'm going to go ahead and say that's what he's referencing there, September of '96. Um, and when ev- did more betterness come out? 
hold on, slow yourself. And every day of 99. Now, I want to say every day of 99 is simply referring to the ridiculousness that was 1999 when talking about the number of incredible records released that year. Yeah. Enema of the State. This is just a few. Enema of the State uh, by Blink. Clarity by Jimmy Eat World. Uh, Blue Skies, Broken Hearts by the Ataris. Hopeless Romantic by Bouncing Souls. Faster Than the World by H2O. And even more betterness by No Use for a Name. Okay. So. There we go. I'm going to say that's what he's... Good year. Yeah, well, and that's just a few, right? There were other records on that. Uh, Pennywise, was it... um, What's the one... I I want to say the cover is, like, from the inside of a car. It's, like, Uh, red and white and black. Well, it's mainly white and black and with some red, I think. The only... Oh, that's Straight Ahead. Straight Ahead. Also came out that year. Like, there's there's a number of records that came out that year. Uh, Operation Phoenix, I believe, by Good Riddance came out that year. Um, so that, that's my assumption as to what every day of 99 is referring to is just like, there were too many good albums to like, um, to, to kind of reference one. So I do wonder if like that, when he's talking about that, um, young and angry summer, he heard the song on the radio sort of thing. I'm like, I don't know if that was like, um, a Nirvana reference because of the Nirvana reference that comes later, or maybe, you know, he's talking about a band like Green Day or The Offspring or the, I, I don't know. Like it's that that part I don't necessarily know. But that song, I want to vote if we're going to if we're going to have a vote here. I'm going to vote that song as the new theme song of the podcast. It is an awesome song. <laughs> Not only because it's an awesome song, but lyrically, he's literally talking about yeah, it's, growing it's up. fitting. Finding music, finding out who he is and finding love in the end. Right. I'm like, it's it's the perfect like coming of age song for uh, someone who discovered and loved punk rock yeah and it's, it's not an annoying is. song like no it's like so that uh hits so those topics it's so good and like I, w- I was definitely at fault in listening to this record of just being like i'm just going to start at track five because <laughs> you know like kicking off with that is it's such a such a killer song yeah it's, it's beyond good i'm sure eventually i'll get tired of it because i've listened to it too much but it is it is beyond good. Um, I still love the the first four songs. I, I love the whole part of the album. But the first songs, the first four songs are also good. I just think it it goes to another level from track five onward because I think that's where they really start to shine a little bit with their variety. Like the best I ever had is like super pop punk, right, and just done really well. Um, and then you got better things, which kind of leads with that acoustic part. Kind of all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh, we're changing things up a little bit, right?" Yeah, um, yeah. It is interesting how back to um, the title track is kind of the only like. Just fast. so you know, just so you know, there is no title track on this record. Oh, what's uh, <laughs> good? Because the record's called "Good for Me," but there's no song called. Oh good yeah, for sorry. Me. Yeah, best they ever had. Why, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why I think that was. Uh, yeah, I think that's like the only kind of fast song on. I mean, there's there's definitely upbeat songs that album, but yeah. yeah, I almost would have loved to have heard a couple more, I f- couple more fast ones. But I know in general they they didn't do a lot of the, the kind of skate punk style. So no. I feel like one or two of the first four songs has some faster parts, but nothing. Yeah, nothing that where it's like from start to finish a, f- a blazing fast song. But but yeah, like better things changes it up with the acoustic start on the line the very beginning of that song reminds me of 1979 by smashing pumpkins for about the first bar or two. And then it goes into sounding like Jimmy world. And I'm like, wait, hold up.
it's such a good like mix of just different sort of influences on that song um nothing more to me and prime meridian are good songs maybe not quite for me as well prime meridian is pretty good nothing more to me maybe not quite as good as some of the others but and then warming up just the finisher where i was talking about how um it sounds like it could be on pinkerton by weezer like it's such such a good song and a good way to close the album i think like if there's anything that is very fitting it's funny because this band the swellers you you picked them in this record simply because of you know mention i mean you like the record but because of the the whole no use for a name influence when i'm done listening to this record i'm like we could have literally done an episode on a handful of bands and use this record as like a hey a band being influenced by this band so it's pretty great in that regard yeah yeah i mean i'm sure there was there was other influence as well but just because i remember seeing that direct correlation i thought it would be uh cool to kind of compare and just yeah you know, and there's quite, I mean, you said 2011 from 99, so there's you know, a decent amount of years in there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, they a little bit remind me and fit into a mold that kind of reminds me of, uh, like, earlier Gaslight Anthem sort of stuff, where, like, the, the punk influences are definitely there. and But they, they would definitely lean more on those punk influences than the Gaslight yeah. Anthem did. But just, like also being able to hear these like really well written songs because i will yeah, say that sure. about about the swellers is they if, if you want to say that influence comes from tony sly sure like they're excellent at their craft at writing songs and it, it it's just for me yeah it was totally like a breath of fresh air kind of going from and maybe it was that melancholy feel that he described over um more betterness that was like okay like it, it kind of leaves me dragging a little bit and then this just totally picks me back up but i don't know yeah and they were one of those bands that that never kind of got the same recognition as as a lot of the ones maybe just because their songwriting was a bit more complex so maybe it wasn't as um, right like easy on the ears as like blink and stuff or you know yeah. mainstream kind of crowd but yeah yeah i i mean and i i never did say that uh i never did get to see either of these bands live unfortunately um so that's also a bummer yeah, I'm curious to know what was released that year that they were maybe competing with. Um, let's see if we go here. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Oh, yeah. I can see why they maybe got left behind a little bit. Uh, so that year we had Suburbia uh, by The Wonder Years. I also had Under Soil and Dirt by The Story So Far. Gospel by Fireworks. Um. Oh, Neighborhoods by Blink-182. <laughs> uh, there's the Swellers, good for me. There, So, I mean, there were definitely some bands, I think, that had, like, as that as that kind of, like, early 2010s pop punk scene was starting to, yeah. like, gain some steam, I think there were definitely some records that came out that year that are kind of, like, pinnacles for that scene. And they, like... They may ha- they may possibly have one of the better, if not the best, of those kind of like lists that I just said there. In my eyes, I do know that some of the obviously like the story so far and the Wonder Years went on to be monstrous in that scene, right? Like, um, yeah, and I wonder and, how much of that had to do with location. You know, like, uh, a pop punk band from Michigan, from Michigan is probably yeah. not going to get you know just just based on you know geography which is kind of dumb but yeah, you know, yeah because there's so many bands you know blowing up in california and whatever that right maybe they just kind of got lost in that or maybe they were going for something totally different yeah because like the wonder years are from philly where are the stories so far from it's my uh, question i feel like they're from i think they're actually from california yeah because it like they're uh i believe their like social media handles is the story so far ca which uh okay yeah from walnut creek california okay and then where was um oh what did i say what were some of the other ones oh fireworks well, fireworks yeah. did you ever listen to them uh i i never loved them they're they an interest really stood out to me yeah, they're they're an interesting band. <laughs> fireworks bang. I mean, that's that's actually an accurate Google. Fireworks do bang. <laughs> um, but we're, okay, hold on. Where's fireworks from? Oh, <laughs> oh, hilarious! I'll give you one guess where fireworks is from. 
Michigan. Uh, <laughs> uh, are they? Wow, there you go. But yeah, but they are yeah. also. They're also a band like with fireworks that I've only listened to them a little bit. Um, I think they had this whole thing where they sort of disbanded before having the opportunity to get really big or yeah. to, or or like water themselves down, sort of thing. Um, but I think they're back together now. Actually, people like them for their lyrics. That's cool. I I could never really get into them because of production wise, I couldn't get behind it too much. But um, yeah. But yeah, this record by the Swellers is fantastic. And another thing I really love about the Swellers is they always seemed like they were more interested in being a good band than just being, you know, like the pretty boys of pop punk or whatever. So maybe, you know, as it can with that, maybe play against you. But they didn't really seem to care. They would rather be a smaller band that was genuine and original to, to what, you know, what their influences were, what they wanted to accomplish. Yeah, I'm um, not saying they didn't gain any, any success, but I never kind of saw them as really trying to push themselves in the same regards as, you know, like a band, the story so far, or state champs, like right. those kind of bands where it's, you know. Yeah. And it's interesting because on that list there of records that were released that year with the Wonder Years, when I was talking about Tony Sly and his influence on songwriters and being able to write a story, like Dan Campbell from the Wonder Years is someone who I go, oh, like these, I've kind of like grown a little tired of the wonder years in you know recent years <laughs> but um but like his storytelling in songs i want to say is like whether he was influenced by tony sly or not uh he's definitely one of those songwriters who can go above and beyond lyrically than a lot of his peers yeah for sure and so and it just kind of going back to with the comments about no no use for name like trying to go and get into them now i just wonder if like you have Dan Campbell's out there and, you know, like artists like that who are a little more narrative, uh, like a little more narrative driven in their songs right. than, you know, just writing love songs or breakup songs or what have you. Right. Like, yeah. So, but, uh, no, that's cool. I, uh, I definitely like, as far as a first deep dive into no use for a name, I didn't come out a no use for a name fan, but I didn't come out going like, where is the appeal? <laughs> I just don't get it. Because as someone who enjoys lyrics and looking into lyrics, like I want all the credit in the world to what they were able to do and set themselves apart with that. Um, and the swellers just kind of continued that and did it with, uh, with just a little more brightness. I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. the best I ever had is still such it's, such a disgustingly good song in fact we it's been a while but we started uh the playlist with our good riddance episode so currently it has one song on it which is salt by good riddance nice. which was which was your pick you can find it on apple music so far i don't have it on spotify or anything because okay i don't typically use spotify do you use what do you listen on do you yeah, use spotify uh, yeah i use yeah i use spotify that's your job then um <laughs> but i i'm gonna say that the song for this episode Unless you, I mean, we could we could do one from each band, but for sure from the Swellers, I got to do the best I ever had. Was there? Yeah, I, I agree with that. With uh, the No Use album, was there? Um, like you mentioned, the acoustic track. Was there another song on there that that stood out to you? I think uh-huh. mine mine's going to be Savior. I think that's probably the kind of yeah. single or top song from there. And I think that's the song that my friend's band covered. Okay, um, yeah. and so it's just such a classic song to me. Not your savior, yeah. Um, I mean, why doesn't anybody like me really stood out to me just for like his his storytelling on that and like taking that perspective of a child sort of thing? Uh, I thought was really interesting, but not your savior was actually one of his like lyrically one of his songs where I was a little less interested because I'm like, yeah, it just you're just like it's just a song about you know someone who's always ragging on you sort of thing, like or or sucking the life out of you type thing, and you're just like, look, it's not a you know just back off sort of deal right um whereas i found he got he got a little more into telling stories as the record went on maybe but but i mean that's true yeah i mean i'm i'm down with putting not your savior on the list it is definitely i think when i put it on i think it was the only song that i really knew outside of fairy tale of new york having heard the pogues version before but or maybe it was no use for a name version i've heard all these years i'm not even sure but um but i'm definitely sure as hell not putting that song on the playlist (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I've got. Uh, if I can share another, um, so I've got another little write up from mm. from Nick, who was uh, the main, I think, songwriter, guitar yeah. player, singer. Um, so maybe if we're kind of wrapping up here, just to so it. he said, uh, so more bitterness. The first whole album I heard by New Fan, I was instantly drawn to the swift tempos and more importantly, Tony's melodies, as has been mentioned before. Not only were they incredible, but they felt completely natural and not forced, but somehow totally unique. The only other band I'd heard that got close to that sort of sound was Lagwing, and whom I also love. There was just something about Tony's writing. When we started the Swellers in 2002, I used More Bitterness and Hard Rock Bottom, which was the album after More Bitterness, as a template for how I wanted to sound. Problem was, we weren't good enough when we were 14 or 15. Always keeping that in the back of our mind... I was we got better at drums and vocals. I started to realize that naturally my preference for melodies were Tony's sort were Tony's sort of melodies and that they were already ingrained in me, probably before I even heard New Fan. That sort of beautifully sad and flowing melody that was more interesting than the follow the bouncing ball kid song esque phrases that a lot of poppy punk bands were known to do. They felt like the good guys of punk rock. It was always funny when someone would compliment my songwriting and say how original it was. I'd always follow up and say, thanks, but listen to more betterness. <laughs> it's a good close. Thanks, but listen to more betterness. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's funny because through this discussion, it makes me want to go back and listen to it. But uh, I think I, I think I need to separate myself a little bit from it. But um, yeah, no, that I think that'll wrap up the Swellers and No Use for a Name. Um, but we got to talk about what's coming up next because what's coming up next is going to kind of set off a little bit of a series. I don't know if we want to give away exactly what the series is that we're going to be doing. New metal. New metal. Oh, man, have I got a story for you. No. Randy River Jeans, here we come. Say that again. Randy River Jeans. What the heck is that? What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh Randy good. River jeans. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were like say, like referencing some band or some singer. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, yes, Randy River. The, That's the clothing the band store. I want to start. That's the band, Randy River jeans. <laughs> Wasn't well, there a band called Mum Jeans? Why can't I be Randy River jeans? <laughs> that's, uh, that's the that's denim fair. tour with the, Mum the de- jeans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. No, starring okay. my dad, who always wears a denim shirt. <laughs> so this next episode that we're going to get into that has nothing to do uh, with clothing actually um is is almost a rehash of an episode we did in our past life uh because we're going to cover a band that we did cover a band and i think when we covered this band we just talked about two specific albums unless we actually somewhat talked about their whole discography and i just don't remember it but it's going to launch a series of i think we decided two more episodes after that so it's a three episode series in total yeah i think so yeah we're going to be talking about newfound glory now specifically we're going to be talking about the self-titled record from newfound glory which came out in 2000 and then we're also going to talk about not without a fight by newfound glory which i don't know if i've ever listened to that album outside of just being like what's newfound glory up to and put it on sort of thing right yeah um i mean that's from 2009 now it's <laughs> 11 years old or at least going on it so it's been around a while we originally wanted to do there's an asterisk on this because we wanted to do not without a fight and catalyst but catalyst isn't on any streaming services so i thought that'll make it i don't own it I'm like that'll make it difficult to to really review if i can only listen to it while i'm specifically on youtube <laughs> right so, so maybe, like, maybe it begins with a hunt to all the local thrift stores and maybe, but even then the only place I'd be listening <laughs> to it is in my car. So, yeah. which, <laughs> which is, which is fine. But so we're going to go with, I mean, maybe I'll want to, I'll sit down and give catalyst a listen while I am in front of a computer or something, uh, or just bring it up on my phone. But specifically it's going to be not without a fight and the self-titled record from newfound glory. Um, because we're going to go into a series. This show is called Growing Up Punk, and thus far we've talked basically just about 90s punk albums, the Swellers obviously being the asterisk on that, but being heavily influenced by 90s punk bands. Um, This one's going to be, we're going to go into something a little bit different. We're going to start with Newfound Glory, which essentially fits, I'd say the year 2000s close enough for that first record. But we're going to go in and we're going to do a series on easy core bands. Um, which we'll announce those bands as we do it, 
but there's going to be four of them that we're going to cover over the course of two episodes after the newfound glory one so if you're an easy core fan cool come along for a ride it's a genre that i've often been torn on uh whether i like it or not but we're going to cover it which i know you're a fan of the genre yeah, yeah? so um we'll, we'll dive into some bands some specific records but uh yeah newfound glory is what's up next uh so if you know you want to give those two records a listen hey you could be you could formulate your own opinions on those yeah, records there we go. and then you could share them uh, speaking of sharing them, you can do that by following our social medias, uh, Twitter at Growing Punk Pod. Instagram is at Growing Up Punk. I am on Twitter and Instagram at David Growing Up. You, sir, are on Instagram. Aaron Grew Up Punk. There it is. And I mean, if you listen on YouTube, you can comment there as well. I get all those and I tend to either just like them or reply to them or whatever. Um, if you're on CastBox too, you can comment. I'm a little slower at replying on those because i don't get notifications for them for whatever reason uh and yeah otherwise just hit us up on our social medias and say share your thoughts on the records that we talked about but yeah, uh, we're, awesome. we're, wherever you're listening like i said if you are on youtube don't listen there because you don't get the music you don't get the full experience so go listen on your favorite podcast app make sure you uh rate it you review it you subscribe you tell your friends all that good stuff because we're just getting started friends we're not grown up yet but uh that's gonna do it so adios yeah. I want you to remember one thing. In the great vegetable market of life, I have never been one to pinch the tomatoes.